like to hear the story of American Pie. I'll tell you all about it today. Very scary. To death of a nation. Okay. You know, we do it's want to haunting. know the story of American Pie. Of course you do. First off, uh, Don, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, you mentioned American Pie. You've got a career that spans five decades, but I mean, this song, this this is the kingpin. This is the song that's interwoven in the fabric of music. Yes, the song was um, a phenomenon from the moment it came out. I remember that so well. I had come out with an album called Tapestry, which was wonderful. People loved it for the time, you know had all these different songs that I wrote, Castles in the Air and I Love You So, later on became very famous songs. Um, but the second one, um, the minute it came out, it was electric and people went nuts and they've been asking me the same questions for 50 years. <laughs> and, um, and I respectfully answer them because I know they don't really realize that I've been asked those questions that frequently. And I'm honored that I gave people something that they care enough about in their busy lives, you know, to um, even have an opinion on or want, want to know about. So uh, it's all wonderful to me. And but the thing about the song that has surprised me is how this thing comes back. I mean, I'm not kidding. Uh, 1997, Garth Brooks had me at Central Park. The song came back. The early 2000, American Pie was the number one played song almost around the world. BMI, you know, was a huge BMI uh, song. And uh, I played at the White House and Madonna recorded the song with that, uh, that hot video she did with those low rider blue jeans, that sexy little devil. Yeah, She's always that. thinking of something. And uh, now look at that. You know, here we are. In the middle of a pandemic, and these uh, young boys who have this uh, harmony group do an a cappella version of it, and it's it's just gone batch. I mean, it's everywhere. I can't believe it. You know, well, it's first of all, you can't forget John Mayer's version too. John Mayer and John Bon Jovi and uh, people have been doing. I mean, they, you know what? I always thought Garth should have gone in the studio, done the whole song and made the definitive Americana video because Garth, you know, is uh, the bull of the woods, you know, and, and he, but he sings the song every night. God bless him. He's been such a great friend to me um, and he's such a success and I just love the guy. But uh, Don, what exactly was it about this acapella group that you decided to re-record the song? Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? The Bible tells you so. You know, I'm out of it. You know, I'm an old man. You know, I, I do my stuff. I make my records. I'm busy with all sorts of stuff. And occasionally an opportunity comes along and somebody who I hear, because I'm not a, I don't have any of their records or anything, uh, that they're very popular and that some people are doing uh, acapella. I don't know anything about what young people are doing. Oh, come on, you know, sure you do. It's not my thing. It's not my business. You know, <laughs> I had you, my day. You wrote the book of love, man. Come on. I wrote the book. <laughs> that I know about. <laughs> but um, 
So I said, okay, let's do it. And they came up with this really good track and everything. I love the track. And they asked me to sing on the front and the back or the middle. I sang the whole thing. This will be the day that I die. And they added there. Each one of them took a verse, kind of trying to sound like I sound on the, on the original, but not overdoing it. And it turned out very well. And then they came out to California where I have this house out here in the desert. And they put me in front of a green screen and I did my part and they added it into the video. So, you know, it wasn't hard. And uh, my God, though, they did such a great job. I'm, I'm amazed and happy and wonderful to get the song out in this way, because they're the only people that ever did the whole song all the way through. You know, so does, it surprise you, does it surprise you that uh, you're hearing that song manifested in so many different ways over the years by different people? Um, like it just keeps coming up differently all the time, uh, that song. And did this particular version is special because it's uh, a cappella? Well, also they have a young fan base and, you know, all of pop, I mean, popular music, it's always about young people and what they're turned on by. So yeah. fortunately for me, they love this uh, version of the song by the group. Uh, they see it as a step up and forward for them. And I think it is. It's, it's going to be a, a classic version. But also they don't mind me too much. They say I sound pretty good, you know, and uh, they're happy I'm, I'm with them. So the, the chemistry works very well. Ben and I, you know, we're music junkies and, and we were having this conversation before on the, why we think American Pie transcends is because in its true art form, form it is a folk song, but at the mm. same time, it's anthemic. And that's why it resonates. You know, it was a it was a phenomenon and I have no idea what a phenomenon, why it was a phenomenon. I still don't know why. I think part of it has to do with I mean, just so many factors. I really don't know. Ed Freeman made a great record. He's a very smart man and a very good producer. And we worked and worked and worked on that album. We were always rehearsing it and tweaking it. You don't know, you don't have no idea the arguments that I had about everything. <laughs> you know, I did not like the way the players were playing it. Um, it was sounded like a polka, you know, it was awful. <laughs> and uh, then this guy, um, Ed, brings in this piano player, um, Paul Griffin, and he sits down and I, they put his headphones on, my guitar blasting away. I, I rock and roll. I play the guitar hard. And um, he starts pounding that thing because he gets it from me. And after we, we, we came together, you know, and he said, man, when I heard that guitar in my ears, I just had to play this. You know, I knew what I had to play. So all the other guys followed right in the groove, you know, but they didn't really know what the groove was until he came in, in, in into the studio. So who, who did you say that was on the piano? Garth? Paul Griffin. Paul Griffin. Yeah. I was going to say, I, almost reminded me of Garth Hudson from the band, the way he plays that sort of jangly piano. Um, Garth was um, a character. He... he he doesn't really play um, any particular way. He can play a lot of different ways, I guess. But um, he did a lot of things. He played piano. I had him on the road with me. He played piano. He played uh, accordion. Uh, he was a character. He, gave yeah. a, he was really good at production, too. He knew how to um, uh, produce things. So he would get a lot of sounds going and 
and things like that. He is equivalent in a way, and if I may say so, to um, who's the guy that died that was in the stones, uh, drowned? Um, he was uh, Brian, Brian uh, jo uh, Jones. Brian Jones. Yeah, Brian Jones was like that, you know, a little of this, a little yeah. of that here, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, the Stones were never as good without Brian Jones. Yeah, ever. he kind of just added that extra texture. Yeah he, yeah, he knew all this weird stuff. He had weird things in his head. He, he formed a group. That was his group. He chose all those people. And um, so Garth is like that. You know, you could see him working on their head down, you know, yeah. things were happening. Yeah, Brian Jones was always hanging around other people's studios in his spare time. Like, I heard a story where he was hanging out with Jimi Hendrix and hanging out with the Beatles, playing saxophone with the Beatles, and just always around the studios. You know, I saw that group in 1964 at the Brooklyn Academy of Music when the, when the Stones first came over. I saw them with Brian Jones, and yeah. what I remember was that the guitars were kind of going like that. They were like interweaving like snaking and and mick is in the middle doing the snake dance you know and singing these hits and they've basically done all the great so much of the great stuff already painted black you know get off my cloud satisfaction to yeah. so many and that was a hell of a show i remember that uh, well I, i've seen a lot of people in my life because even when i was unknown i always made sure i got places where something yeah. was going on i was at shea stadium i saw the beatles Really? 60, wow. 64? 65. 65. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when I hear your music, Don, um, I hear a lot of different things. Um, just, I was listening to um, a couple of your albums the other day and I was hearing Elvis. Um, I was hearing Guthrie, even the Beatles. Um, the Beatles did a lot of eclectic stuff, but your songs, you know, even though a lot of people see them as folk in some aspects, they are very eclectic. They are very different from each other. Um, so, you know, like everyone knows American Pie, we've been talking about it, yeah. but Vincent can make you cry. And it's yeah. a very different song. Well, um, I love the Beatles and the Beatles were perfect. Everything yeah. they did was different and it all had a logic to it. And the records were perfect and, and inspired at the same time. Mm. And they were such a gift to the world and to the world of music and to the world in general. Uh, the Stones are fantastic and Dylan is fantastic, all those great big ones. But the Beatles were a musical perfection and they never repeated themselves. There was always new stuff. Yeah. And that turned me on. And I, I love the, all their records, but I especially like the Beatles 65. I don't know why, you know, I loved uh, I Feel Fine and you know um some of those songs um uh i'll be back you know those things with the big guitars and everything and so what i wanted to do they they challenged me in a way to uh write different things and and follow my mind wherever i wanted to go whether it was dreidel or bronco bill's lament or uh, castles in the air or whatever uh just do it you know do it yeah you know don't did be you afraid. ever get to just... meet any of the beatles the what did you ever get to meet any of the beatles or no i never did uh never met them i um i i admire paul mccartney i think he's uh 
wonderful little creative person and he just keeps creating things. He's got that wonderful well of creativity. I'm very turned on lately by Ringo and his drumming. I've been seeing some things on YouTube where he talks about the things that he does. He is a super loose guy, you know, and the tricky things. He was selling some of the things like Paperback Writer and uh, um, Ticket to Ride, you know, and people always used to think Ringo was, you know, okay, he's Ringo. He's he's a hell of a bass player, a drummer. I'm telling you, he really is. Oh, yeah, he's a percussive drummer. Like He's fantastic. Um, really great drummers can't, like, they usually have their chops, but Ringo does these syncopations that are very spontaneous, and they're percussive spontane- uh, spontaneous. And they and work so well. Very, with very hard to replicate. Very hard to replicate. Yeah, I would think so. It's very personal, and, and so is Paul's bass playing. Yeah, I mean, magnificent bass player. You know, the those lines you can follow them with every single one. It's like lead bass, but it all makes sense. It's you know, it doesn't get in the way of anything. It's all, all over. Sense. It's all over the fretboard, but it seems to just work perfectly. I think that Paul McCartney is the real musician in the group. You know, he's mm. the guy that knows the voicings and and all the the, the nuts and bolts of music. Um, I think probably the second person would have been Ringo because of working with him. And then uh, George, you know, would be a, is a great guitar player, boy, because you, you know why? Because you can always remember every note of every solo George ever played on any Beatles record. And what is more proof of how great you are if that's the case? You know, because there's a hell of a lot of notes, you know. Yeah. And Lennon, yeah. I think, uh, played, you know, really good acoustic guitar, okay electric guitar, but... He had a lot of edge and a lot of ideas that were that would push the sweetness of McCartney and the two together and the whole group together. I mean, just a, it's an organic it's a phenomenon, group. isn't it? It's a phenomenon. It really is. And it's an organic group. You know, they grew up around each other. And and Liverpool is so musical. You know, I remember going there the first time and hearing a fish woman singing out, you know, I've got fresh fish. It's, it's just, it's, there's there's folk music and 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 music in the air in Liverpool it really uh, people don't ro- know what Liverpool means you know what it means there's the grass that grows in the um I had asked this question I'm always asking questions um I said why do they call it that you know and they said because the grass that grows in the um port it's one of the deepest ports um in in England, that's why so many ships would come in, and there was mm. tall grass. It was called liver, so it's really liver pool. Liver pool, eh? yeah. Yeah, we just lost uh, Jerry Marsden recently. Um, Ferry crossed the Mercy. And- I saw that he. I, I was sad about that. He was um, one of the, the all those gang that came over and uh, made those good songs, and we were really happy in America to hear that music because we were, we'd had that Kennedy assassination, you know, and we were in need of a, you know, a big change. So, you know, Don, uh, you came out with tapestry. I guess you recorded it in 69, came out with it in 70. At the same time, the Beatles are coming out with, uh, you know, Abbey road, let it be for you. You grew up listening to the Beatles, but was there a point where you saw the Beatles as more of a challenge than as a fan? Or were you always just in that fan set mode? No, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan, really. I was a, I was an awe of their musical ability. I, I wouldn't. 
fan isn't good enough. You know, I was just absorbing mm. and listening very carefully with the ears of of an artist, the ears of a, re of a recording artist. And even though I, I was, you know, growing into it, that's who I was. I was finding this out as I was moving along through my life. So I was remembering because I was always glued to the um, the speaker. You know, I wanted to climb in the speaker, you know, yeah. when I was a little boy and be in the song, you know, like Pleasantville, you know, I wanted to jump in the record and uh, that's what got me started. I wanted to, later on, I realized I just had a passion for wanting to make records and yeah. just like, like they did, but listening to them was, um, a, yeah, you know, it was a drug trip on its own. Yeah. You know, it really was because the things that were going on and I'll tell you what, um, there's quite a lot of misogynist, um, um, uh, thinking i think in some of john lennon's songs you know uh, run for your life and songs like this uh, it's a great song though isn't it it's a very catchy track. <laughs> oh fantastic song you and know I there's a uh, you like the beatles because your your music is very it has a lot carries a lot of melody um in your writing also don and i i can well, I, see that they're very melodic as well i love there's thing there are fake melodies and there are real melodies. And the thing I love about the great pop songs, you know, the song like The Way You Look Tonight, or they're real melodies, you know, but, and, and you know, then you have yeah. a lot of stuff that's around now that's sort of blather. It, it, it's trying to be a melody, but it really isn't because it's, it's I almost don't know how to do it or something. And so I have this ability, it's probably the Italian in me because I'm half Italian, um, and Pete Seeger once told me, he said, you know, <clears throat> you, your mother comes from Abruzzi, which is where all the beautiful Italian melodies come from. And your father comes from the Isle of Iona in the Hebrides. And that's where the Scottish poets came from. And so he saw me as some sort of a genetic, uh, concoction, I suppose, as, <laughs> as to that's why I, I did what I did. But I, I think of beautiful melodies all the time. I almost think of symphonic things. Wow. Don, that, that's that's amazing. Before we let you go, I gotta I gotta settle something with you. There's an internet conspiracy, a few of them out there, but one in particular surrounding American Pie. Okay. And while Lennon read a book of Marx, a quartet yes. practiced in the park. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this? No. Okay. There's a couple conspiracies out there that you're actually referring to the Beatles in that in those lines where you pronounce. I, I never talk about the song. Never, huh? No. <laughs> The quartet living, practicing man. in the park, you know, that's not Candlestick Park, a reference to the final concert, another <laughs> reference to the day the music died. I never talk about it. <laughs> Buddy Holly. <laughs> there are lots of parks and lots of quartets. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is fantastic. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Oh, I'm just glad that um, I've contributed some music that I, all my music is on this website, Don McLean's uh, YouTube channel. And I'm really happy to be a part of the healing process um, that I think needs to be going on while we're getting through this dreadful year of not knowing what the future holds. And uh, I think music is a very um, uh, medicinal uh, thing, you know, that young people can cling to and give them... We have to get the happiness out of our days. You know, there's so much worry 
uh, from parents and young people and college students, where am I going to go? You got to, I think, each day, put it to the side and you go with your music or your movie, whatever you want to see, get yourself happy. You know, you're alive, you've got a future, um, it's all going to work out, we're going to get out of this thing, and I'm just glad to have songs, and especially now to have this American Pie song come out like this with this young group, and people can get into it and make them feel good. Well, it put, certainly put a smile on my face. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't be happier. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Okay, bye-bye.